and welcome to a new episode of the Awaken Together podcast. I'm Kat, and today I'm joined with my husband, Kyle, and we're going to be talking about the embodied masculine. He has been committed to his path of healing and self-discovery for the past five years and has picked up a thing or two on the pressures of masculinity and the benefits as well as the hardships that has ensued from that. So without further ado, welcome, Kyle! Hello. Hi, everyone. Hi. How are you? Um, I'm pretty good. I'm a little nervous to be talking about this, but I think it's important, so I agreed to be on. Yeah. Thank you. You have so much to share on this subject, and we're really lucky to have you. You've taught me so much. So a couple of things that we're going to be covering today, we'll be talking about the patriarchy, how it disserves not just women, but all genders. We'll talk about toxic masculinity, what the embodied masculine means, and lots, lots more. And I realize that many of our listeners are women, and there might be some topics that we cover today that are initially triggering. And I invite you to sit with that discomfort. Hold it and keep listening because this stuff is really important. And I share that because really that's been my experience. <laughs> um, and while uncomfy at first, I'm so glad I stuck with it and listened because I've I've just learned so much. So I want to begin by sharing that, yes, being an able-bodied cisgendered white male is about as lucky as it gets when it comes to hitting the privilege lottery. Um, our conversation today does not deny that. Instead, one takeaway that we hope this episode leaves you with is how to be an ally for men who are seeking to break ties with toxic masculine societal norms by owning their sensitivity and vulnerability. So... Kyle, question for you. Um, when was the first time that you remember understanding what was expected of you rather than your sister because you were born a boy? Um, yeah, so um, lots of times where I've noticed that, but I think the, the first time, or one of the first times, I don't know, I would say would just be noticing. Um, so I have I have a sister, I have an older sister, and I used to play with her toys a lot. She had some, uh, oh, what were they? The um, My Little Ponies. Oh, yeah. And, and those kinds of toys. Easy Bake Ovens, all those, you know, like fem feminine gendered toys. And so I would play with them with her sometimes, just even by myself, too. Um and she was also very into dancing. She still is into dancing. And um, I got interested in dancing as well. And so I was just kind of like, I was enjoying those things. And I had, it was nice having this older role model to expose me to things. Um, but then I was pretty quickly kind of shamed out of playing with those toys too much. And um, out of out of dancing, doing like ballet or or jazz dancing or I don't know any of that stuff, um, and it was it was really because of um, I don't know my parents, I, I'm, especially my dad, was afraid that I would be gay or that I would be too feminine, um, or I would be trans or 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 something, and. As we all know, under the patriarchy, that is framed as a terrible, those are all terrible things to be. Um, and so I didn't understand that fully at the time. I just knew that 
um, these things that I want to do and that I'm watching another person do are not okay for me to do. And I have to find some other way to exist. Um, and it was really confusing. And But then I, I kind of gradually started figuring it out and started playing with Hot Wheels cars and stuff instead. And instead of getting into dancing, I, I got into playing guitar and doing the more masculine stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I could go on, but that's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, I think, some of the earliest memories of when I was learning that. Yeah, and that's really hard. Like, God, I'm sure you have so many examples of that. I do too, as a as a girl. Um, growing up, I remember I was gifted dolls all the time, and I was I've always been a little rebellious, <laughs> um, just in my nature. And I remember when I was being gifted dolls, not wanting dolls, and just wanting to be like like Sporty Spice was my favorite Spice Girl as a kid, and I loved soccer, and I always wore my hair in a ponytail. And I remember the most mortifying moment for me growing up was um, one of my best friend's mom being like, the girls, they're blossoming, a.k.a. they're growing boobs. And I was like, oh, my God. Me and my best friend talked about this, like, all the time still. <laughs> it's just, like, how icky that was. Like, oh, my God, yeah, we're growing up. We're getting boobs. I don't want to wear a bra. And just, like, denying that, denying that I'd ever have kids, which is so funny. I think it's just because it was... I learned that's what was expected of me. So all genders, we we have this to some extent of like what we are expected to to like, to enjoy, to play with. And it's kind of sad just how young that's ingrained in us. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I was talking with Kyle recently about I was at a work happy hour and um, one of the guys, he just had a baby and it was his second uh, daughter and all the women at the table were asking like, oh, were you hoping for a boy? You know, second kid, um, you had a daughter. It's like, were you hoping for a boy? And he was like, no, actually we were hoping for another girl. And they were like, huh, why? Um, that's interesting. I haven't heard that before from a man. Uh, usually, you know, you, you want that father son bond from what they've heard. And he was quick to say, well, yeah, but, but girls are just nicer. And that was his response. And I was kind of taken aback because of everything that Kyle and I have talked about on this subject, um, like the hardening, the conditioning of boys from such a young age, uh, that I was kind of just like, I felt the need to say something. And all the other women were like, oh, yeah, so true. Like, girls are so nice. And, you know, it's nothing bad on them, but... Um, they were a bit older too. So here I am with like this millennial perspective (laughs) being like, oh, well, I I mean, have you ever thought of it this way? Like girls are taught to be nicer Mm -hmm. and boys are taught that they need to be tough. That's our dog. They need to be (laughs) tough and, um, they can't be too nice or they're weak. And how actually, if they have like a really enlightened father who's not teaching them to be that way, the potential on society, on women for a really um, just like, I want to say awakened, but that feels weird for a little boy. But but a boy who's kind and nice and sweet, like the potential for that on society, I feel like is so great um, compared to another nice girl, which I'm not downplaying that either. (laughs) But I hope you know what I mean. (laughs) Does that make sense? 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I like it makes me think of um one great, really great book that I just listened to in this space um, by Liz Plank. She's a prominent feminist. Um, it's called For the Love of Men, but she actually kind of talks about this a little bit, and it really struck me um, how it's even in it. This th- that can start even in a like pre-verbal stages of babies, where there are actual like parenting strategies that are unfortunately pretty popular where um, you're not supposed to hug your boy babies, your male babies, as much as the female babies. And in that conditioning starts from, yeah, before the baby is even verbal in these cases, where male babies are learning, you, you don't deserve this emotional vulnerability, you don't deserve this support, you need to be more self-sufficient. Um, and it's crazy how early that framing starts. Mm, Yeah, and that kind of makes me think about how when you were just starting um, your healing journey, seeing a therapist five years ago, pretty much exactly now, Mm -hmm. which is kind of crazy, um, how one of the big things that you were learning is how how much you had suppressed your feelings and your emotions. And I mean, just thinking about that, it seems like kind of a direct link of how you're raised um, as a boy in this society to suppress all of that and just not feel it. So that's wild. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it is insane how bad of a mental place I got into before I was even willing to like ask for help or even open up to you about anything. I mean, I think we we both knew that I was very depressed and I was having some really difficult mental health issues. But I, I, I don't know. It felt like an elephant in the room. I, it didn't even, in hindsight, it feels like an elephant in the room. At the time, I literally thought I could, like, work myself through it or, like, power through it. And I, up until I knew I couldn't and um, just got, like, severely depressed. And, I mean... If it's kind of a sensitive topic. I don't know if you want to talk about it on the podcast, but I was getting suicidal. Um, and it took getting to that level of just feeling so terrible in order for me to like just say, hey, I need help. Like that was not an option up until that point to the point where I was like, okay, the other option is die. And it that's how powerfully ingrained it was for me to to do the man thing and mm-hmm. and try to figure it out myself yeah and not be vulnerable not talk about my feelings not do any of that stuff and i so admire like you being you're so willing to share that you know mm-hmm. um and i think you've come so far in just being able to to sit with that and share that with the public on a podcast <laughs> like this right now and you're the yeah. first one out of our group of friends to speak up about mental health because you've been through the ringer and out the other side and it takes someone who's who's really been in the pits to be able to extend that hand to anybody else who's mm. who's there too so thank you <laughs> yeah thank you and yeah i know there's so many other people so many other guys and and not guys um who are in the same situation and it needs mm-hmm. to be talked about more yeah I, i'm convinced of that and so it's uncomfortable for me to talk about it but i think it's more important than it is uncomfortable. So. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about the elephant in the room. You're wearing an elephant on your shirt right now. So it's kind of <laughs> funny. I'm just looking at it as I say that. Um, but the elephant in the room, the patriarchy. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. How does the patriarchy, in your opinion, perpetuate all of this? 
Gosh. Um, <laughs> all right. We got an hour for this. Um, no, I think uh, to, I'll, I'll try to sum it up concisely. Um, how does the patriarchy play into all of this? So I think the patriarchy is it's it's a system. It affects all people. And depending on your your gender or your perceived gender um, by society, uh, you it, it affects you very differently. And it forces you into a impossibly close small box that no actual human really fits into. And and it does this to women. Um, it does it to men. It does it to trans, non-binary folks, everyone. And it does it, yeah, differently. Um, and so I think the patriarchy, I mean, yeah, we, most listeners are women. So this is probably not a surprise to anyone listening. But, you know, the typical ways that the patriarchy affects women, you know, being considered second class citizens in a lot of ways and um, not getting paid appropriately, not getting the recognition for motherhood and um, all sorts of stuff like that, not taken seriously in the workplace. Um, and you could go on and on. And then the same system has expectations of men that definitely puts them in a position of privilege in a lot of ways, but also is very detrimental and, and hurtful in a lot of other ways too. And that includes um, kind of saying a lot of things that are just very true for any human, regardless of your gender, has no place as a man. So like you're asking for help. If you do that, you are less of a man and therefore less of a person. Um, if you if you express, you know, vulnerability or sadness or um, all sorts of nuanced feelings that um, isn't deemed manly, then you are less of a person as well and, and rejected by your own kind. Um, and then at the same time, there are other things that you need to you know, you need to be even if you aren't actually that, you know, you need to be big and strong um, and you need to be confident and you need to be a leader, even if, if that absolutely terrifies you. Um, you have no choice if you want to be accepted by by people or at least that's what you this is what boys and men learn under the patriarchy. Um, and so that can be really hard to deal with for anyone. Um, and, and I don't know, I could go on, but that's kind of like like the man box that you're you're kind of put put into as as a if you're born as a male mm-hmm. regardless of your actual gender yeah and that makes me think about how much more violence is done by men how many more like how much more homicide how many more serial killers like all the darkness um basically and harm that we see in society is really caused by so many men and it's no mystery um now that we're talking about all of this into like the conditioning of boys and men um where you you feel like you need to be all of these certain ways just to be accepted teaching you that you are innately wrong if you don't fit into this really rigid mold that society has put out for the male archetype Mm. um so so with that kyle and i have had some pretty testy conversations (laughs) around masculine and feminine energies and you know i think that kyle has has a lot of valid points and so this is his take i want i want to be clear to share this is you're inviting me to say this okay actually inviting you to say this (laughs) nice all right i'll take it um i think uh 
Yeah, I don't know. You bring you brought up a good point about like violence and how that's tied to to masculinity. I think that's a great point, but I can talk about this first. Um, so yeah, I guess my take on yeah, a lot of times you'll hear this thing is masculine or this thing is feminine or or um, using masculine and feminine as descriptive words. Um, and I personally, my take is that I don't I don't like using those at all. I don't like saying masculine and feminine very much and it's because i'd rather just say the qualities themselves because there are tons of people who are very nurturing and caring and great caretakers that doesn't make them feminine because that's not i don't think that's inherently something that women are like that they have to do or that that is a thing for women i think um and and the on the flip side like if you want if you're big and strong and confident like then you're big and strong and confident like that is not territory that makes you a man that makes you masculine it's just a quality of a human and i think these we've we've in my opinion arbitrarily tied a lot of these things to gender and i think under the patriarchy that is weaponized against um all genders really to to foster insecurity and as a work as a system of oppression for everyone in different ways and so what do you suggest instead of saying masculine feminine energies what do you suggest we say instead um like i would just say use the use the more specific words like what is it if something is um like i don't know if if you're referring to something that is a a a masculine energy just say the thing that is it is actually like do you, do you understand <laughs> like like give us an example so um like i don't know if if i have a conversation with someone and they just seem very like confident they know all the answers um and they're like a go-getter they're they make a ton of money and they're just they're just they got it figured out um you might say like oh that person has a lot of masculine energy to them I wouldn't want to say that. I would just say that they seem very confident and they seem like they're they're doing well at work and and they got a path that they're figuring out and they're they're doing it and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels arbitrary to assign that to a masculine thing or a feminine thing. Mm-hmm. Because to your point, doing so perpetuates the patriarchy right yeah right because that, <laughs> that, that that's that's yeah. the part where i can like get behind you because i'm like shit he's right <laughs> damn it <laughs> because why would confidence and exuding this like go-getter and achieverness not be feminine right yeah. like the feminist in me can totally get behind that so, so thank you for that. Yeah. And I think that's, Kyle, you are a feminist. And, <laughs> and I love that about you. And um, if you weren't, I don't know, we wouldn't have nearly as interesting conversations. <laughs> and to tie it back to astrology for just un momento, Kyle has, <laughs> Kyle has an Aquarius moon and his Aquarius moon and my Aquarius sun, we just connect on this deep, like rebellious <laughs> um, leader way. So, so thank you for seeing me there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And thanks for being open to the conversations too. That's... I know. I can't tell you guys like how many times we've had arguments (laughs) about this conversation because Mm. 
because that's what I've been taught. That's what I hear of like um, masculine, feminine. But I think the I think just having that extra layer of like explaining what we mean by that of like mm. instead of masculine, I'm going to say solar energy instead of feminine i'm going to use lunar because i think mm. that's a way that takes gender out of the equation but still gets the same points across so mm. there's different ways to do it without yeah. misgendering i think it's even for me personally i think it's fine to say like qualities associated with masculinity or mm. qualities associated with femininity yeah. to make it clear that we are the humans are the ones that are deciding that this is masculine or feminine not it's not this biological thing like I, I don't know i haven't seen any biological proof of any of those qualities so mm-hmm. i'm on the I, I like science and i i trust science so <laughs> <laughs> uh, show me show me evidence for that and then i'll change my mind <laughs> i love it um so so with all of this being said um i think it's pretty clear to me when i meet a man um <laughs> and we're in a deep conversation it becomes pretty clear to me pretty early on whether or not they've done work on softness on feeling their feelings on expressing themselves because there's a whole level of vulnerability and just being able to like i don't know meet the person where they are without i don't know being in the ego <laughs> that that becomes clear to me of like okay this is a guy who gets it. This is a guy who understands like where I'm coming from and can kind of be with me in this in this point. And mm. I feel like you are one of those guys. I mean, clearly, like you have done this work um, and you're still doing it. But you also get along with m- women really easily. <laughs> yeah, they right? do. Yeah. And I think that is partially because you have an older sister. Mm. Side note, I have a theory that guys with <laughs> older sisters just get along with women easier which duh like yeah that's your role model but um with a woman as a role model i think that also makes you treat women differently and see them as more equal than if um let's say a boy who had older brothers and no sisters you know call me biased this is just my learned experience (laughs) i have a little brother and he's also really good with women and growing up had mostly girlfriends um so yeah, I think there's something to be said about that too. Yeah. Yeah, you agree? Um, yeah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um Yeah, I think I think definitely having a, a older role model um who is a girl or a woman um definitely helped me kind of see, have more respect for that mm-hmm. that side of things. Um even though I did get very deeply into like masculinity and definitely some toxic stuff, but I don't know. Can I go on a tangent about toxic masculinity as a phrase? Please, please. I was hoping <laughs> okay. you would. <laughs> yeah, that that made, just made me think of the phrase because I said it, toxic masculinity. I don't like that phrase. Um, and it's it's the reason I don't like that phrase is because I think to the men, and I'm saying this as from my own personal perspective too, uh, before I I started working on my own stuff much. But I think two men who really need to hear this message, um, the phrase toxic masculinity, I think will be a huge turnoff to them. I think it's very easy to make the false assumption that it's, it's saying everything that is associated with masculinity is toxic and 
we need to turn everyone into genderless people. And I think that's when you like these, I don't know. We, I feel we probably all know that type of person. Um, (laughs) Thinking one of your friends right now. Yeah. Yeah. and and so I don't I don't like using that phrase because I think it pushes them away when I I would say they need the message more than anyone. Um, and so I I try to just refer to it as the patriarchy, and 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 I think that pulls it back to how it's really just one big system that we're all um, kind of forced into different positions with. And yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's like <laughs> yeah, the that. toxic masculine, which is one area of the spectrum that we can see um in our minds and maybe we don't call it that when we're talking about it Mm. but and then on the other end is the embodied masculine and that's the person who has um really sat with their gender their masculinity in this case and questioned like what parts of my personality are actually true to me and what parts of my personality have i learned in order to fit in in order to be accepted by society as the sex that I am and that I present as mm-hmm. so with that mm-hmm. um toxic masculinity man I'm thinking about this friend of yours <laughs> we won't name yeah. him but yeah. I feel like you loosely call him a friend now because you've grown in different directions yeah. um I would I would still call him a friend. Which yeah. blows my mind. <laughs> um, he is, he very much subscribes to masculine culture and masculinity. And mm-hmm. when you talk with him about therapy, about things that he deems as feminine and weak and soft, he is the first one to jump at you and call you that. Mm-hmm. Call you gay. Call mm-hmm. you, like, weak. Low T. Low yeah. T. That's, That's a favorite, yeah. huh? Yeah, that's a, that's one that comes up. Yeah. yeah, why do you think he does that? Um, I the the patriarchy. He's still he's he's in it. He's deep in it, and it's it's all he's known. Um, it and yeah, do you he's think he just, feels threatened. Um, I I don't think he. Hmm. Let me think. I I think there is, regardless of if if he realizes it or any guy realizes it, I think the idea of people being openly like, like gender non-conforming or are um, just open and true to themselves where it doesn't fit into that tight, tiny uh, masculinity definition. Um, I think there, there's discomfort there because these, I think these people know that there's some of that within themselves and they have been i would say brainwashed to think that that is so deeply not okay that it needs to never see the light of day um they never can express it and so when they see people expressing that and it's been framed so as such a bad thing um to them um that that makes them uncomfortable because they know that that is within them as well and they're they're pushing that away and i don't think that's a conscious thing i think that's just like an unconscious thing that they just maybe just feel uneasy and they don't know what to do with that because that's another there's another thing with with boys and men is that a lot a lot of us are brought up completely like dissociated from our emotions and where we never learn how to truly understand our emotions and listen to them and so um sometimes we'll um 
like we'll be feeling something like that and we have no idea where it's coming from and i i think that's i mean that'll happen to anyone i think but it's especially common for for men who are deeply in in the patriarchy and it has been for me when when i was um and i don't know this is another tangent coming up but I feel Hold like on. I want to okay. just talk on one point that you brought up. And okay. you can, I'll set you free in your next tangent. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but I loved what you said about how um, how historically it hasn't been OK for people of the last generation to embrace themselves wholeheartedly like our generation has been given permission to do. Um, and like that example of seeing somebody, you know, queer and open and living in their um, gender in the way that they feel like expressing it that's true to them one person in the last generation or even this one may have been taught that that's wrong that that's not okay so when they see someone living in their truth there's an alarm going off in their head of like this is wrong this is not okay this person is living in a way that I have been told is wrong and they're doing it so I have to do something about it so I have mm. to tell them that no that's wrong that's not okay when like wow what a responsibility they're running around and living their lives with of, yeah. why can't they just live the way that makes them happy and it's just like so not what they've been taught and not what they're used to. And I yeah. think it takes really brave people um, to go out and educate themselves and just kind of fall on their sword a little bit and say, I've been wrong. I think the reason why they can't just live and be happy and just move on is because the patriarchy has stolen that from them. Um, and I think that is that is the most difficult part of the patriarchy as a guy I've heard it framed as like emotional incarceration where where you you are you have your inner emotions and your deepest level of yourself and who you are stolen from you at such a young age and you are never taught the language the emotional language to figure it out and understand it and so it's it's really difficult for for any guy to to move past that at all I think and, and and I mean, like I was saying earlier, that's why I had to get to such a terrible place mm -hmm. before I did anything. And I don't think that's uncommon at all. Mm -hmm. um, I think that also ties back into what we briefly touched upon earlier is is how much like the vast majority of of homicide is is committed by men. And in most the vast majority of the victims are also men. Um, and, and why, you know, like, um, the suicide rate is higher among men and, um, how a lot of, I mean, radicalized groups, white supremacy and, and, you know, groups like that, I mean, the vast majority of it are men. And I think the reason for that is you can, you can look it up, you can read testimonials from, from prominent people who, uh, have gotten out of hate groups like that. And the answer as far as I've seen is always that they made, they gave, they made them feel like they belonged and they made them feel safe. And I think so many, so many people, um, but in this sense, from like a, an emotional sense, um, so many guys are grow up and they don't have that safety. And, and, you know, they're, we're, we're taught to posture, like we're confident, we got to figure it out. But on the inside, we, we, just need someone to be there for us and and we can't ask for it um and so i think that's when those those radicalization groups can step in and get these vulnerable 
young men to to do terrible terrible things um and it, it's all just coming from a place of like wanting wanting to belong mm. you know yeah and not understanding that how, how to health do it in a healthy way yeah yeah it's, it's such a great point and it's scary too and it's really sad um i think at the the basis of it like we all need to come together because there's no way that this problem, the systemic issue is going to be fixed um, unless we address this. So, I mean, basically the secret to world peace is healing the wounds <laughs> of the patriarchy and that everything that it instills, it's like this We If we zoom out, it's like the world leaders, most of them are men still, unfortunately, and there's war and there's hate and, um, and yeah. So, Kyle, what are your tips for men who are interested in connecting with themselves and others on a deeper level than they've been taught initially? Yeah. Um, man, what are my tips? I think... Um... I would say, I think compassion is the absolute key thing to all of this. And, and that includes self-compassion for men, especially self-compassion, compassion for others. Um, and in having that space to say, I'm, fe I'm feeling this thing. I, I feel like I need to cry and get a hug from my friend and just trying it. Or, or you don't even have to try that. Take a little tiny step. Tell your friend that you're feeling sad and that you feel like you need to talk to someone. Um, if they're a good friend, they're going to be there for you. And if they call you a pussy and tell you to go fuck off, then, I mean, it, it's that's probably not a great friend. They're not a safe person. Yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's finding safe people who are willing to give you that compassion that you deserve. Um, and, and I think, um, I don't know. I, and that, that goes to women too. I know this is like most women listen to this podcast. I've, for me personally, I have also received the same kind of shame that I have from other men for not being masculine enough. Uh, I've received that from women and girls when I was younger. Um, and it can be spread by anyone of any gender. Um, and, and so I think, it's it's good for everyone to really think about like am i perpetuating this am i am i am i put it setting up expectations um that are unhealthy i i mean to piggyback on that for a sec yeah. i remember i was in my last corporate job i worked with a woman who i specifically remember this stuck with me like she was single for a really long time and whenever she like would date a guy um she felt like she would self sabotage it and then I remember one thing she told me, I was like, well, what, what do you think it is? She's like, I don't know. One thing, this last guy was really great, but uh, he was just so emotional. And mm. I saw him cry and that was like a no for me. And I was just like, ooh. Yeah, <laughs> like that in my hurts mind. me to hear that. Oh, yeah. 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 That yeah. perpetuates literally everything we just talked about. Yeah. And it's like that is her ingrained mm. by the patriarchy. And it just perpetuates this behavior because if you're shutting down a man for crying, for being sensitive, you're mm. you're drilling that in even deeper that that's not OK. Right. Yeah. 
totally. And I'll add, just add on to that, that like also like women, like and and men, any men listening to this, like like your partner is the, they're not your therapist. Like it's not their job to figure out all your stuff and all and, and hold the weight of all of your stuff. And and women, it's not your job to. I mean, you probably don't need me to tell you this, um, but it's not your job to to have like a therapist role. Um, but but everyone does need support, and so. Um, it, it's it's important to have compassion and boundaries i think on both both sides of a heteronormative yeah <laughs> relationship no it's a really good point of like one person can't give you everything you need they can't right. meet your needs you need a support system you need a support system yeah. so find your support system yeah <laughs> totally yeah oh man yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to give it, I don't, I think we're at the end, but I want to give some shout outs to just some, some other resources that I've, I've listened to and read that I think are really, really great for me. Um, one, my favorite thing is, is the pot It's another podcast. It's called the man enough podcast, mm-hmm. um, with Liz Plank mentioned to her earlier, Justin Baldoni and, uh, uh, Jamie Heath are the hosts. It's really incredible conversations. I about, second that. We've listened to them together. Yeah, really about good. masculinity in there. So many awesome episodes. That has helped me so much to hear other men talking about these issues um, in a very constructive way. And I would, I would recommend any guy, any person, especially men, but any person to check that out and hear the conversations they're talking about there. And then one audiobook, our regular book that we listened to on a road trip uh, a couple years back, mm. What was it called again? Uh, that was called "The Man They Wanted Me to Be" by Jared Yates Sexton. So that one, that one really spoke to me. That one, that one is is talking kind of about his experience growing up in that and the expectations around masculinity, um, and and he he actually he did a good job of connecting it to kind of like like politics and and more sociological systems as well and as well as some history. Um, that was a good one. Yeah. Too. So I mean. A tip that I have for any uh, anyone who's in a relationship um, with a man and a woman um, or anyone who identifies in that way, um, I highly recommend, like, if you're ever in a, a place where you can listen to an audiobook for a long time, whether it's a road trip or if it's just something you do together in the car, like, highly recommend listening to that book, The Man They Wanted Me To Be, and have, like, your male partner kind of share um, their take and little like moments of them growing up where that resonated for them and also play untamed by glennon doyle Mm -hmm. this was like the other side of things for kyle to hear about like the women's experience and how from Mm -hmm. a young age we are told to be small to fit into this little box and again it's the patriarchy on the other side telling us to be this way so it's just really interesting productive conversations to share from both perspectives um two main um heteronormative ones (laughs) Mm. but yeah Yeah. interesting stuff yeah yeah (laughs) Thank you, my love. <laughs> this was fun. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your light and your wisdom. And thank you all for listening. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me to let me get on my soapbox. And I'm still learning. So maybe a year from now, I'll change my mind from some of the stuff I said. But this is where I'm at. 
<laughs> yeah, it's all valid. It's, it's where we all are at right now. We've got to meet ourselves there. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We'd love to hear your feedback, your takeaways. Hopefully this planted some seeds for you to just think of things, maybe in a little bit of a different way and spark some conversations for people who are safe to you to go deeper on the topics and uh, yeah, just see where it takes you. So thank you. Thank you. Love you all so much. And we'll see you next week. Thank you.